Well, good morning, everyone. Um, it's good to be here with you. Uh, Trisha is was supposed to be here teaching on part two, Optanami, but um, she had some unexpected things happen at school, and she is in the bed for the second day in a row, sick with sore throat, sinus issues, and just all kinds of um, things that she was exposed to, I guess, at school, you know, and so I... She was going to try to trudge through, and I say trudge through. You know how it is when you're sick. And I told her, I said, I've got a lot of things um, that I could speak from. And um, not knowing that night when I would go to bed that a dream would come that would emerge, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. So the Lord has everything in control. We all know this. Um, he does know all the plans that he has for every single one of us, and, and I know we're all grateful for that. <laughs> Um, and we're going to look at some of the plan that he has for us. And I, I've got, there's a sequence of, of different things that have been happening um, for me. And I know they're not just for me. They're, they're a sign for um, how God is just intricately working things out for our good, even though we don't see the good until it starts to really begin to manifest. And it's kind of, that's the way it is. <laughs> and it just, it never ceases to amaze me how he knows every, if he knows the hairs on our head, surely he knows everything he's going to do in our lives every step of the way. And, um, of course, you know, like this pastor has kind of um, jokingly mentioned before for himself, and even I can say for mine, you know, that's not many hairs at all. So, you know, he, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, really excited about to share this dream that came Friday night. But I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back about, we're going to rewind 20 months ago and try to fast forward through um, because. Like I said earlier, you know, the plans that he has for all of us individually and for this network, our job is really not that difficult compared to his. And so we need to look at things through that lens and go, who has the hardest part in this job? <laughs> it's really not us, even though we tell ourselves that I mean and, and I'm not saying there's not challenge and there's not difficulty and obstacles barriers whatever you must say we know that's there but those are indicative of God releasing grace to overcome and so roughly about 20 months ago I felt led by the Lord to leave a place of safety and comfort that I'd been in for 10 years not knowing anything that was in front of me. I just knew that he spoke, and he spoke on many occasions. <laughs> it was time to make this move. And it was leaving my job of 10 years, not having one already in front of me, not really knowing what was there, and that goes against any kind of wisdom that man can offer because man would tell you, you know, you need to have something else lined up before you take that right where do we get that thought from where did did did, did 
did God, when he spoke to Abraham, did he say, Abraham, I need you to leave everything you've known, but here's all of this stuff that's laid out. He didn't tell him that. So that's a man-made idea. But God realizes if he, if he asked certain people to do this, they would analyze it to death, and they would say, well, Lord, you know, I can do this, but, and again, we need to bring our butts and leave them on the altar, right? We already heard that message recently. <laughs> and and I'm not saying I'm not some special person, but what I'm saying is, if anything, I'm referring to how God himself will take care of us if we will learn to obey immediately, no matter what he... But we, and, and so when we start to overanalyze, analyzing is good, but I'm saying overanalyzation of something can derail something that God has really mapped out for you to walk through. And for me, and I'm not saying, he, I hope he doesn't call any of you to do that. But if he does, I'm an example that he will bring provision and he will provide in unexpected, surprising ways. He will do that. And so all he asks us to do is when he speaks, whatever he says, like Mary, do it. Nike didn't come up with that slogan. God did. Just do what he says to do. And nothing more, nothing less. Don't add to what he says and say, well, I think God said to do this. No. <laughs> Whatever he said, he said, leave. It's time to leave. Your departure is at hand. And we can get ourselves in a lot of trouble when we start to add to, and we can easily do that. <laughs> we can easily go, yeah, Lord, he said to leave, and I think he told me to go to Hawaii. Or, you, you see my point. It's so easy to do that. But after he said to do that, I, like I said, I had no idea. You know, I discussed it with my spouse, and we talked about it. We prayed about it. You know, I even had, you know, come to pastor, and we, had, you know, I kind of shared with him a little bit what's going on. And, and he's always, you know, there encouraging and, you know, saying, you know, what are the Lord's telling you to do? You know, just do it. And, and so um, didn't realize 15 months later I'd still be unemployed. Well, not unemployed, but not employed in the way that you would have liked to be. So I was still actively looking and doing, and, and, and there, was, there, was a, there were sources of income, but they weren't near the equivalent of what I was making. And I'm going somewhere with this. Just, just bear with me. I'm going to have more narrative in this teaching than I think I've ever had before. And so I want you to think back with me at a time when you felt led by His Spirit to do something that made no sense to your human mind. And I want you to think about how you responded initially and the thoughts that went through your mind of whether they're good or bad because I had a combination of both. <laughs> um, and then you have the enemy there, you know, trying to uh, bring all this negativity and tell you, you know, you've missed it, you didn't hear right, you know, and all this other garbage. So you have to deal with that too. So think about that as we go through this. And there's, you know, I've got three and a half pages of notes here and there's no way we're going to get through this 
but I'll hit on certain points that have stood out as I started to look at this. But before I get into, into, into great detail with the narrative part, this came about from a dream that happened, I guess, uh, late Friday night or early into Saturday morning. I wasn't awake to determine if it was after midnight or not. <laughs> um, and in this dream, I mean, I, I, I was in a room, and there were other people around, some that I knew, some that I didn't know. Um, and it was, it was really like a, um, a setting in my current um, job situation. But it was a different setting. And I could hear voices. I could hear, I could see certain people. And I could hear different forms of communication where people were coming in through um, um, phones, Skype, um, other telecommunication types of things that were going on. And I remember hearing specific voices. And all of a sudden, someone came over to me and they, they handed me this bag. And I was like, okay, what, what is this? And so I started to open the contents of it, and um, I remember going, you know, I saw myself wide-eyed in this, and I'm like, wow, so it was totally just unexpected type of thing that was going on. And I remember at that point seeing some of the things, but not being able to really, um, I just knew that there was provision in the bag and in, the, in that, and, and it was unexpected. And so as I continued to watch, my heart, I could feel this gratitude coming out of me. There's something you feel. It's not necessarily, I didn't hear me say, oh, thank you, I'm grateful, but I could feel the gratitude coming out. And then the dream kind of ended. There were some other things, but that was the main focus of the dream. And so I woke up that next morning, and as I always do, I... You know, when my alarm goes off, I turn my phone off, and initially, as soon as I get out of bed, don't ask me why I do this, this is just my process, <laughs> I immediately start looking at text messages and emails, and I, and I go through my email, the first thing I look for is the ones that I can just delete immediately, do, 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 get rid of them, and then, so, and then I start waking up a little bit, so I know I need to look at these. So I notice in my inbox, now reference the dream, I get two emails from Apple. Emails from Apple. Somebody had hacked our bank account and started making these two huge purchases through Apple. And I'm like, what's going on? And, you know, we get all this spam. And, you know, some of the things are like hackers trying to get you just to click on a link that gives you them access to your data on your computer. And so I thought, well, maybe that's it. So I just kind of tucked it away. And this was just yesterday. And that started, I, was, I was coming to... Prosciutto my prayer. <laughs> Let's just call it that. And so here the Lord in this dream, I mean, just hours before this, had revealed unexpected provision and favor. And then you wake up and you get these two things. Your bank account's hacked. And I mean, it just, oh, I was infuriated. <laughs> I wasn't angry. I was infuriated at the enemy. And this dude named Robert Miller, he's, from, he's in Illinois, just so you know. I know who he is because it showed the guy's name um, on, on the Apple receipt. 
but he used my information to do these purchases. <laughs> and if you're out there, you're gonna, you're gonna, yours is coming. Um, and so I drove to to church, you know, just distraught, going, man, what in the world now? I know we've what's going to have to happen. I'm going to be on the phone for hours. It's going to take forever. I'm going to have to get documentation to send this in. So you know how the story goes. It's just a, uh, a nuisance. You know, you're, you're, you didn't do anything wrong, but yet you've got to spend all these hours. So I come over here and I go in the sanctuary and I say, you know, I'm going to pray just for a little while, but be honest with you, my mind was focused on this other. Uh, I prayed as best I could. The Lord knows. And I, and I came and I started making phone calls. Two hours later, nothing. So, to make a long story short, yeah, things are getting resolved at this point. It's just taking time. But I said all that to say. I know, I know for a lot of us, what God has in store, we have no idea what's coming. And that's in a good, in a good way. It's going to be totally unexpected. The provision and the favor is going to come in ways, and there's been messages and releases already done in the past. This is not the first one. This is just another one on top of that. So in the mouth of two or three or more witnesses, there are things that God is establishing and if we will do exactly what he says, he is going to bring supernatural provision and favor beyond anything any of us have ever thought or imagined. It is here and it's coming. Be expectant. Don't try to figure it out. Just know that it's coming. This is good. This is real good. And so, sorry, I'm going to be kind of all over the map this morning. I'm going to try to keep it in a sequence. But this started this teaching that you have in front of you. So rewinding back to during the time frame of when I was unemployed, starting in month one. Month one, month two was okay. Still had a little money set aside. Doing okay. But then month three and four is like, ugh. Your mind starts to play some tricks on you. Oops, and I think it's, oh, I'm going to kick that over. Let me get this up here. It really does. Your mind starts to work overtime. And we're human. I mean, you can't dehumanize us. But even in the midst of, you know, you're, you're having challenges of, you know, Lord, what are you doing? I obeyed what you said here, but all this calamity and all this ugh, stuff is happening. So you go through that, that, that phase. And there, there's many phases that I went through. I, I'm not going to go through all of them. You can imagine with me on this. Because you're still thinking about the situation that I ask you to focus on. It looks like there's no end in sight. And it feels like that as well. So your emotions get involved. Fear tries to creep in. But all along the way... Every now and then, there is a word that proceeds out of his mouth 
that keeps you aligned and lets you know I'm here with you in the midst of it. And I'm learning, just like you, how that we, we're living by every rhema word that proceeds out of his mouth. He knows we need bread, right? But he said, you don't live by that alone. There's another form of, 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 of revelation and insight you need that's going to help you and, and guide you, and, and it's a lifestyle. It's easy, it's easy to talk about things being when everything's great and there's, there's, everything's just all good and rosy. But I think we grow more, and we, we all know this, when things are not going so well and obstacles are in front of us, barriers, because it really... We really see what's on the inside of us. Things surface within us that God says, this is one of the reasons why you've walked through this rough patch because I'm bringing the insecurities that you have to surface. I'm bringing to surface a lot of things that you didn't realize that were still, that, were, that are in you. And I'm showing you, if you will trust me no matter what you're walking through, I'll let you know I'm with you every step of the way. And he's done that repeatedly for all of us. But it seems like when we go through something new, we're like, oh, my God. You know, we start thinking, oh, man, I feel like I'm all alone. We go through the same process over and over again, just like Elijah a lot of times. We do. God has to come to us and say, you know, what are you? He's probably thinking, you've been under this juniper tree many times. Get out from underneath it. I mean, really. And God, he's, he's patient with us and he's kind. He realizes that we're going to do that before we even begin to make the move to, to lie down under the juniper tree. He already knows that in advance. And I think he's, I mean, he's serious, but at the same time, he's, I think he kind of smiles at how we so quickly want to get back under that tree of depression or that tree of whatever it is for us and he and he knows that we're going to overcome but the challenges and the obstacles and the barriers seem mountainous they re, they really do and 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 i i look at them totally different now you know, if there's a mountain in front of me, it feels like it's it just, there's no way around it. There's no way over it. There's no way through it. I go, yes, there is. God is going to help us overcome as long as we'll stay in the midst of whatever it is. And for me, it was staying in the furnace of, of being refined to the point where I came to realize that he is my source. Not my job, not, my, not any money, nothing in this world. He is my source, and he is your source. It's not your money, it's not your cars, it's not your homes. We all know this, but boy, when you go through something like that fiery furnace, a modern-day fiery furnace, you find out that Jesus is right there in the midst of it with you, and you come out on the other side, where your clothing is not even affected by this. You don't even smell like smoke. It just, 
There's just something that he works within you that's so deep and so profound that it makes you to where you're immovable no matter what's in front of you. And the days are ahead of us. We think the political upheaval has been rough the last few years. We ain't seen nothing yet. We're coming into days where the sun's going to be dark and the moon's not going to give its light. Those prophetic days are ahead of us. But in that, though, it's where his light will shine upon his chosen ones. And so fast forward now from, we've gone on quite a long journey here very quickly, from 15, 20 months ago to um, fast forward about 15 months Mind you, during that time, I had been searching, job searching. Man, I was I was on ZipRecruiter, Monster. I mean, every any Monster online, I was on it for a job, <laughs> doing everything I could, but nothing <laughs> open. I had I had probably put in things with every school district, trying to get back in education, and every door. I mean, was everything was closed, and I'm like, so so what do you? What do you think when those doors close? Yeah, I know what we're supposed to think. Okay, let's don't get real religious on me. We're supposed to think, you know, God's still in control. Again, that, that's, everything's great. Most people say that when their bank account's full, they got a job, they got a house, they got everything they need. But, boy, when you're in a situation like I wasn't thinking God was in control. <laughs> I wasn't. I was thinking, God, everything is out of control. And... I'm just being real. I mean, <laughs> um, but still knowing, hearing that still small voice in your in your thinking, going, "I'm I'm still with you. I haven't left you, even though it feels like it." So, out of out of nowhere, and I think I got the call when I was over here at the church one one morning praying. I was in there getting a cup of coffee, and I get a phone call from um, a technology company. Um, um, uh, Rico, they're a global tech company and they have a major footprint on every continent around, on the globe. And we employ over 102,000 people worldwide. And so I get a call from this company. And so we start talking and um, it sounded like a really good opportunity right up my alley where I'd be doing a lot of training and teaching and using my tech skills that God had Everything he brought me to at this point, it seemed like a great match. And we get to the final initial discussion, and he said, well, he said, this particular job is going to be over in the Fort Worth territory. Or would you be willing to, and I'm like, he can't even get it out, get, get it out of his mouth. Yes, it didn't matter. I mean, I was like, okay, this is it, right, in my thinking. And so I went in for an interview. It went great. It was very... Um, I wasn't nervous, you know, and, and it just it went really well. And so he said, uh, I'll be in contact with you soon. And so I get a call again. I was back over here at the church, and I'd been praying all that, you know, off and on that morning. I think those were really, really significant, too. The time frames when these things happen are so God's teaching us. And that conversation was a lot shorter and it left me very disappointed. He said, you, you're, you're, we would love to hire you, 
But he said, I think the journey back and forth from where you live to Fort Worth is just not going to be. And he was kind of, he was really looking out for me and my family, even though I didn't see that initially. Because that's a long drive <laughs> every single day, all day long, every week. And, of course, I was disappointed. But he said, you know what? I said, well, you know, thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed talking to you. Um, he said, well, he said, I might, we might be having something come open in Dallas in a few months. And he said, he said I don't think you're going to be around. So, um, but he said, I'll, I'll reach back out to you back then. He said, he said, I really will. He said, I'm a man of my word, so I'll. I said, okay. So I just kept doing what I needed to do and kept applying at places. And a few months later, he calls back and he says, um, he said, I'm not sure if you're you're still open. And, and I said, yeah, I'm still open. He said, well, we have this job that's come open in Dallas. It's the same job, just a different territory. I'm like, okay. So the Lord just kind of, he kept waiting. And, and, and during those times, I mean, it's everything I can do to try to not make something happen. I tried. I tried to make it happen in every school district and every ISD known to man around here, every technology company. So I was, and I wasn't trying to make it happen, but I, I guess I was doing what I was, I was just trying to get a job, get back in the marketplace. God was like, nope, 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 everything. <laughs> I see a lot of this stuff now, but remember, like I said early on, he knows the plans, right? We don't see them until they start to unfold. This, this is encouraging to me. This is encourage you because he cares that much about all of us that when we think a door closes, rather than getting all upset and anxious and worried, and we always need to go, Lord, You must have closed that door for a reason and just move on and to make a long story short I was offered that position back in January and I took the position and it has been absolutely refreshing it's 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 probably the exact job that God it is the job that he wanted me to take at this time and they're a great company to work for. So I'm telling you, he has everything already laid out for all of us. There should be no stress. Who's got the hardest job here? God has the hardest job, but he can do that job perfectly. And we have to remember that. There were so many days when I would come over here you know, initially I didn't I didn't come over and feel directed to come over and pray till many months later. But as I started to do that, then the Lord began to really help me align my thinking with His and how He views us from His throne and how He thinks towards us and how um, His plan is different than our plan. How the meeting of our needs is totally different than the way we think where our needs should be met. He started to share all these different things with me that were, I mean, in my mind and in my spirit, they were life-giving words. And I felt that in me. 
and I would leave out of here. I would come in here distraught, even before the prayer times in the mornings, and I would leave here four or five hours later just like totally transformed by his spirit. And, and not really concerned about the things that I was focused on when I first got here. We can't do that in our own capability. When he says it's not by might, it's not by power, but by his spirit, he's not just talking about the spiritual work. He's talking about every moment of the day. His spirit invading our thinking, invading our, the place that he communes with us in and affecting us to where we feel alive in him all the time. And I know what that feels like more so now than I ever have. And there is nothing that God cannot do in our lives. He's directing every facet of it. So think about where you are in your relationship with him. Think about where he has this network right now. He's not confused. He knows exactly what he's going to be doing. We have to go, Lord, help us to hear your voice and to obey it that's it and give us a give us a a continue to pour out the 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 part of your heart to help us intercede in prayers and the different forms of it and the prosukamai and all that he gives all of that to us give us utterance like you did in acts 2 the people didn't speak on their own. They did, but the spirit or the breath of God gave them the utterance. And so I'm asking uh, the Lord to continue to give us his, his breath so we can continually speak to him and communicate with him in the spirit because that is life, and that's, that's the most precious thing we can do while we're here on this earth. And it links right back to, you know, Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied. That when God looked, he, he, he couldn't find a man. There was no person that he could see at that point as a Pagai intercessor. I think that's very interesting. He could have easily turned to his right and said, Jesus, go. No, he didn't do that, did he? It says he, he looked and there was no man. And then he wondered that there was no Pagai intercessor. That shows how he wants to partner with mankind. He's looking into the earth, and he's trying to find people that, that have a heart, that, and he knows the difference. And he, he saw us, and he ignited that within it, all of us. You talk about a precious gift that we so often take for granted. I think, I know I do. I'll be the first to raise my hand. Lord, you know, I do. It's, our, it, it's the way that we communicate with him. And I don't care what mankind says. You know, there, there are certain theologies and humanistic thought out there that will tell you this, this speaking in tongues. I mean, we've heard it all. It's demonic. You tell me, you find one scripture where it says speaking in tongues is demonic. There's none. People don't understand it, but um, 
And we're not even going to really get into some other things with that. But I'm, I'm talking about the sequence of unexpected provision and favor. So when I accepted the job with Rico, initially I was going to be working on a specific um, artificial intelligence project with a robotics company called BrainCorp. They're based out of California. Interesting. There's, there's a story to that one, too. It, but for some reason, it didn't, it didn't quite work out, and they decided to go with, with um, an, another partner. And so that kind of um, went away. So I just started immediately doing a lot of different training and teaching in the area. And I've been doing that for about six months. And then out of nowhere, totally unexpected, we have a, a Skype meeting, and there's over 250 people in this meeting. Had no idea what was getting ready to be uh, released. But one of the, one of the uh, uh, individuals in upper management came on, and he started like he was reading from a script, a legal script. And I went, oh, boy. So he starts reading this thing off, saying an entire division within RICO is basically losing their jobs and being laid off. But the third part, they're going to be, there's going to be a third-party vendor that's going to take that department, and everybody's basically going to keep their jobs. So they, they got rid of this whole entire sector, and it, and it involved training. But the guy kept, he, come, he came over like twice, and he said, I repeat, this will not impact the area and the group that I was in. He said, I repeat, it will not affect. He said it twice. So I thought, okay, that's established. So I was, I was proclaiming that. <laughs> Again, that's, that's God providing and, and, and giving favor. I think there's favor all around us and, and unexpected things that happen. We just need to go, Lord, open our eyes to recognize it. I think there's daily things that are going to begin to occur like that happened in the book of Acts where great favor is going to be upon us and we, our job is to recognize it and then praise God for it. And so after this meeting, there was another meeting that came and I thought, oh boy, I don't know if I can handle all this. Not knowing what this one was about. Come to find out, there are a couple of, couple of new companies that want to partner with us to go into this artificial intelligence where we would program robots to go out and do work within FedEx distribution centers across America. Okay, that's cool. That's part of kind of what I was wanting to get into initially in the beginning. And so they say, if you're interested... Let us know. So even before the meeting ended, I knew I was supposed to do this. I said, I'm interested. So um, Friday, now here's, follow the sequence. This Friday, the manager of, of this major project calls me up in the afternoon. I'm working from home. That was another provision. My job is where I can have the ability to do that. And he said, hey, this is so-and-so. He said, I just wanted to reach out to you and see if you're, if you're still interested in this new project with this company. And I said, absolutely. So he started going over some more things and giving a little, you know, a few details. 
And um, I just put in to be off on September the 12th and 13th to be over here at the seminar. And he said, well, that's great. He said, I've spoken to your manager. He speaks very highly of you. And he said, you're in. So tentatively on September the 15th, after this, right after the seminar, uh, I'm going to be going to Portland, Oregon. Hmm. Interesting there, huh? Of all the places. And this happened during the eighth month, which is a new beginning. So you see the sequence of things happening? I mean, God's orchestrating every bit of it. And he's helping us to be able to recognize it and discern it. And so totally unexpected provision, and there's going to be some other perks um, in financial perks. I mean, it's just really great. It's, it's unexpected. I mean, I was like wide-eyed, just like the dream revealed. Um, and I know it's not just for me. It's for every person. And it's, it is work-related for some of us. Some of it's, it's going to manifest in other ways. So if you've been seeking the Lord about work-related stuff, just know he's working things out for your good. Unexpected provisions and favor are coming that are not going to, it's not going to be a digression, but it's going to be a progression into something better and something more. That's what I'm saying. That's the Lord. He, he, he loves us. He, he, he takes care of us. And so with that in mind, 40 minutes later, we're going to look. So I, here's what I did. I knew the dream was from the Lord. I knew all these sequence of events were, were, were indicating that this was, in fact, what he wanted me to share and what he's doing. One of the things he's doing in our midst. But. I just started pulling up the word suddenly. You know, we've heard teachings on the suddenly. And um, so I, I focused primarily on the New Testament, but early this morning I got up and I went through the entire Old Testament. That's not on here, thankfully. And I, and I did, but I just wanted to see where this word is used. And there's different words, but the one we're going to look at, it, there's no hidden meaning here. It just means all of a sudden something happens. It's totally unexpected. And... So I want to start, I'm not going to focus on the first one there. The master of the house comes suddenly. It's very important. I encourage you to go back and read that. But we're going to start, and I'm going to, let's, let's go to page two. You know, you've got the unclean spirit crying out suddenly. You know, you've got the example of the father and his son, his only son. That thing happens suddenly. But we're going to look at, yeah, let's start at the top there, where the angelic and the heavenly host appear suddenly while the shepherds are in the field. In Luke 2, verses 8 through 15. And it says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, verses high, no, it's the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord. So you've got, there's a distinction there of the angel of the Lord 
and then the glory of the Lord that's there with the angel shining round about them. And it just means to, they were absolutely totally illuminated in what was happening there. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings. Bringing of good tidings is euangelizo, the good news, um, in partnership with the angels, of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior is born. I, I kind of messed that up. Let me reread that. And for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. What a sign. You've got angelic representatives out there with the glory of the Lord all, over, all around. Oh, here's your sign. A baby? What? Doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, we read this. We know. We know. They didn't have everything that we have today, so they were really. I mean, they didn't. It's just. It's just really amazing to me. Lying in a manger, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. So you've got this this one angel of the Lord that shows up, and then all of a sudden, after the 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 good news pronouncement the heavenly host just i mean they're there i mean the atmosphere totally changed and it was heightened in a much greater way and what are they doing they're praising theos and then they're declaring things well number one glory to god in the highest and then they focus on what should be happening on the earth peace and I'm not going to go into that. I can't do that teaching justice. Pastor got that, and that's great. Read the book. Peace. And then they don't stop there of what they're declaring. Goodwill towards men. Eudokia. And if you look at the word there, you and dokia, it means satisfaction or delight and kindness. So just something to really think about what they're declaring. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. This, this is an example of an unexpected supernatural provision that was given to these shepherds. I mean, they're just out in the field doing their day-to-day -day job, which was what? Watching over the flock by night. We need to be ready for this. Unexpectedly. You might be walking down the, in the grocery store and all of a sudden, whoosh, there the angel is. And all of a sudden, heavenly host shows up and they start proclaiming. What are they going to focus on? Glory to God. There's peace on the earth. And then they're going to start talking about things that are going to bring satisfaction and delight and I just think this is this is really good here. But it's coming suddenly. You can't prepare for this. You can't. How's it going to be unexpected if you prepare for it? And I know we're going to look at the example in Acts where Jesus kind of prepared them, but what they were going to encounter in Acts 2, they were not expecting this. He didn't, he didn't explain anything about, okay, after you've prayed for a little while, uh, heaven's going to open. This sound's going to come. The rush. 
He didn't tell him any of that. That's just what happened by virtue of him releasing his breath into the earth. So he'll give us some direction, but not give us all the details. They'll just start to happen, and we have to learn, oh, like Peter, oh, this is that, and give an explanation. So let's look at when heaven opens suddenly. In Acts 2, they're all with one accord in one place. And I believe we're coming into those days, too, where God is trying to bring His church back to being in one accord and together as a people. Now, how He's going to do that is only by His Spirit. That's, that's it. But the enemy is trying to bring just the opposite. He's trying to divide. He's trying to get all manner of false teaching into the church. He's trying to do everything He can, but God's telling us, I'm bringing a oneness by my spirit. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there optanomide, there you go, Monica, under them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. Did Jesus tell them, hey, I'm going to send fire from heaven. There's going to be sound. Did he tell them all of that when he was preparing them in Acts 24 and all the other? He didn't tell them any of that, right? He said you're going to be baptized with fire, right? But what about this sound business? That tells me God's not going to just share all the details. There are things that he wants us to experience and be able to identify as coming from him as part of the journey in the walk. That's, that's great. I love this. Now, Peter was the only one that was able at this point to stand up and give an explanation of, hey, this is that. You know, you had, you had people we're going to see here in a minute that had no clue what was going on. They were trying to accuse people of being drunk. And so let's, let's keep reading to find out more. And verse 4 says, and they were all filled with the saintly wind and began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So I put him, and that's a simple question. Who is giving the utterance here? Are these people just decide, no, I'm going I'm to I'm ride a Honda, I'm going to ride a, a Suzuki and just start talking in this wild, crazy language? There's something that was birthed on the inside of their spirit by his spirit that said, this is, and you feel that, you know, you, I even though, you know, we're communicating in English a lot of times. Our spirit, man, is communicating in multiple languages, right? Diversities of tongues. It happens all the time. The spirit is giving the utterance. No demon is going to give this type of utterance. They don't want, you think a demon wants us to communicate to God like this? Demons don't, they don't pray like this. They're not going to give an utterance like this. Some of you are looking at me like, what in the world? I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing here to, because we, we talk to people that have no clue of what, how to, what this means. And there's, there are leaders that are pastoring mega churches that speak against this. And they say it's, it's demonic. How can this be demonic when the pneuma, which is who, part of who God is, is giving the utterance? Little nuggets like that will absolutely dissolve doubt, right? Let's don't forget that part that God said he's put within us to be able to dissolve doubts like Daniel did. 
I mean absolutely dissolving it by virtue of what? His word and what he's speaking to us. That's why I said, you know, we need to have no fear because God is near us and he's in us and he's speaking through us. And I woke up when that, when that, when that money was taken out of our account, the first thing that came to mind, and I declared it loudly, is enemy, you are not going to steal, kill, or destroy anything that God himself just said in a dream last night that he's providing in an unexpected way. He's not. He may think he is, but he's, he's going to repay. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God is going to avenge those that are crying out to him day and night. Seems like I remember that being spoken from the, the lips of Jesus, right? He is our avenger. That's good. We got the best avenger on our side. And so in verse 5, it says, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together, and they were confounded. They were astounded. They were perplexed at what was going on. Because every, they heard every man them speak in his own language so they're speaking all these different languages and the jews that were there from all the other those places are like wow they're speaking in our language how can that be so i've even heard this thought of trying to explain this away as learning these languages that were these people were speaking in other tongues they didn't have enough time it was instantaneous it was sudden so that blows that out of the water right that argument does not hold water or any other substance at all it's just not there people don't understand it because they're trying to view it from a humanistic framework or they're trying to view it because that's what their theological framework is whenever we just need to go into the scripture and say lord help us teach us your ways and when people will do that god will do his part but if they want to remain um, as an opponent then God's going to let that if you want to continue in ignorance he said let them be ignorant right that's in that first Corinthians 14 uh, chapter says and I'm going to try to wrap this up here and it says and they were all amazed and they marveled they wondered saying one to another behold are not all of these which speak Galileans and how do we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born that must have been I mean we weren't there but I mean you think about that here are all these people gathered together all of a sudden this sound comes from heaven as a rushing mighty wind cloven tongues as a fire appeared optanamide there was open vision where this fire that's divided over all these people are there and 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 these people are speaking in all these different languages and you've got people from those countries that are like hearing the wonderful works of theos so people that think this is a bunch of gibberish i don't read gibberish there i see wonderful works of theos so when people say it's gibberish they're saying that this is not a work of God or it's some kind of wacky, crazy thing. And in reality, it's just the opposite. I just think that's interesting. 
And then he goes down through and he lists all of those different things. And then verse, all the different people that are there in the groups. Verse 12, and they were all amazed. Some were in doubt. Means they were at an absolute loss. They, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> didn't have a clue. Saying one to another, what means this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. So, um, I've got, well, okay, I looked at the clock wrong. i got five minutes at least. So let me pause just for a minute. What, any, any of you guys have any comments? Anything kind of stand out to you? Okay, no worries. Moving on. Let's look at Saul on the road to Damascus in Acts 9. Starting in verse 1. And Saul yet breathing out, breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. That was his objective. That was his mission. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. Didn't say he was in Damascus. Said he was near Damascus. And all of a sudden, totally unexpectedly, there shined round about a light from heaven. So in Acts 2, we've got a sound from heaven, but now we've got light coming into play here that's coming from heaven into the earth. And it says, And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told of thee. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless because they heard the voice but didn't see any man. Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight. Neither did he eat nor did he drink. Now, I hadn't thought much about this till now. He was nearing Damascus when this unexpected thing began to happen. And after that, he was allowed to go into Damascus, blinded, fasting for three days, and, three, and didn't eat, drink anything. Hmm. I think there's a lot more meaning there that just kind of was triggered in my, my thinking. But um, just be ready. I mean, this is a negative instance, but the point is, is that it was totally unexpected provision for Saul, who we know became Paul. It was favor. And I think sometimes, and, and, I, and I came to realize this during the time frame that I was um, searching for a job. There were some times where inside my spirit there would be a desire just to, I could feel this, a desire, a longing to 
seek the Lord. It wasn't strong. It wasn't volcanic or any. I mean, it was just a longing and a desire. And I believe that was his spirit probing me to go, okay, if you will step forward and you will position yourself, whether you're at home or over here at the church, and begin to intercede, then I'm going to bring points of provision spiritually and in other ways. And so when I begin to obey that leading, man, incredible, unexpected things started to happen. And sometimes I think, and I know we can, I'm just, if you start to feel that, it can be very subtle on the inside of you. Don't set that aside. <laughs> Don't ignore that. Obey the leading. And just, God's going to meet you in some extraordinary ways. And you might be in a situation, I don't care what situation you're in. If I'm at work and I feel that, you know what I do sometimes? And it happens. I'll just excuse myself and go take my break, go downstairs in the, uh, um, in the garage when I'm at work. And, man, I'll just I'll go at it for how long and then just stop. So there's things we can do to kind of obey the leading is what I'm saying. And it may not be a light opening from heaven. It could be. It may not be a sound from heaven. And, and those are great when they happen, but we have to learn to be led of his spirit even in the, the smallest of ways. Acts 22, I'm not going to read through this. This is Paul recounting this, um, this experience that he had before the men and brethren and his, the fathers there in Acts 22. You can go back and read that. It just, it adds, instead of a light, it describes it as a great light that's round about him. Um, but I do want to finish up with this one. A great earthquake comes suddenly to shake open and loose. And this is where the apostolic and the prophetic release comes and a great earthquake is, is released. Because Silas, according to um, other verses in the book of Acts, was a prophet. So the joining of the apostolic and the prophetic there did this. Acts 16, and it came to pass as he went to prosuka my prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought our masters much gain by soothsaying. I kind of felt this way yesterday. As I was on my way to prayer, all this stuff started happening. And I'm not saying I was coming against a spirit of divination, but it was definitely not something that was godly. These men are servants of the Most High, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. It didn't happen instantly, did it? It said the same hour. I've never seen that before. Um, and when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace and to the rulers and brought them to the magistrates saying, These men being do Jews do exceedingly trouble or Bring about a, 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 a disturbance among, in our city. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being Romans. 
And then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them uh, safely, who, having received a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. They were in a heap of trouble. This was, there was really no way out from a human perspective. So what did Paul and Silas start doing? I have to be honest with you. At midnight, I'm doing anything but pray. <laughs> I am fast asleep. I'm, 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 in, I'm, I'm off in another land. <laughs> but, and it's not so much midnight hour is, is, is important. I'm not saying that. It's just. This was when, when, when the Spirit was quickening them. That's the point. It might be 8 a.m. for you. It might be, it might be 2 a.m. But Paul and Silas began to enter into this prosyukamai prayer. And they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, or totally unexpectedly, there was a great earthquake. Now, do you think Paul and Silas knew that the earthquake was coming before they started praying? Absolutely not. This just shows the power of this prosukamai type prayer and what it can do in an apostolic and a prophetic manner when those two are joined together. And it doesn't have to be that way, but it is here. This great earthquake comes and the foundations of the prison are shaken. And immediately it says all the doors, all the doors are opened. So there's the opening and and, and everyone's bands were loosed. All because of Proshukamai prayer. You don't think our prayers that His Spirit is uttering through us aren't making differences? Man, they are. We need to continue this. And that's, 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 that's the word that I end with is be ready if your situation at work is not what you want it to be god is working and doing some things now i'm not i i don't know anybody here that specifically was in this dream and i can't say you know this person or that person i'm just telling you i know that unexpected provision and favor is being given to us in every way so lord i just thank you for the opportunity to be able to share and we thank you that you are working all things out for our good even though we don't see the good sometimes help us discern and to see how you're working sequentially in our lives every step of the pathway and I just speak a blessing over everyone in this room and those that are going to be listening to this later, that you would continue to pour out your breath upon us and give us utterance to continue in this, this prosyukamai prayer and the deasis prayer and all the other types that are there. And that rhymed, didn't it? Okay, it did, that wasn't on purpose. So Lord, we love you and we thank you for all of these things. Never let us take you for granted or all the things you've given to us. May we all be grateful.
In Jesus' mighty name, amen.